extraordinarily grateful to have brother and sister Lee with us today. They met at, well, I think it was, they may have met another time on a missions trip. They've done missions trips probably before they were married, but as far as I know, they met at Gateway College of Evangelism uh, back when I was dean of students and then vice president. Sister Lee from Chicago and then brother Lee from the Boot Hill of Missouri, Southeast Missouri. And uh, they met, they've been, how long have you been married? Almost 12 years. <laughs> but you don't know, like a lot of years. That's, yeah, but they got it, he got it, he got it. And uh, they have been in full-time ministry and uh, for many of those years. He's full-time youth pastor in Lebanon, Missouri, and then uh, currently uh, assistant pastor at Lighthouse Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. And they're getting ready to plant a church. Actually, they've already been in process of doing Bible studies, but in process of planting a church in Troy, Missouri. And uh, anybody that will plant a church is near and dear to my heart. And we were planning for this weekend, we were looking for someone who could resonate not only with youth, but also children. And uh, they don't have children of their own. And Sister uh, Danielle said last night the reason they don't is because Brother Lee's a child. And so he, can re he, will, he will be able to communicate with your children. We love them. They love to have fun. They love, most of all, though, they love Jesus Christ. Why don't you welcome Brother Lee as he comes to the pulpit today. Praise the Lord, everyone. Man, it is a, an honor today to be at this wonderful church with this wonderful group of people. We love, love, love the Blackburns. Let's give your pastor a hand right now and his family. They're doing an incredible job here. And uh, we are thankful to call them friends. I will tell you, that there was a time in my life that I don't know that he would call me his friend. <laughs> I spent a few days, as he was the dean of students, <clears throat> sitting in his office, letting him go through the report that he had received of the shenanigans that I had been involved in the night before. And, uh, but I'm thankful today for the blood of Jesus Christ <laughs> that washes away all of those things. And I'm thankful for the forgiveness and even the mercy of Brother Blackburn that he, uh, he looked down through time and said, you know, I believe God's done a work on that young man. I'm going to let him come preach at my church. You're, you're, I'm telling you, you got some faith today. <laughs> We're thankful, thankful to be here, thankful to be here. Uh, we, th this church is beautiful. This congregation, you, all of you are beautiful, and uh, we are. This is a, an honor and a privilege to be here with you all today. I'm gonna let you be seated for a moment. We, uh, as we get started today, um, we're gonna. I was told that that we were here uh, to speak to uh, as a back to school event to both uh, youth and to uh, children, and uh, so I'm gonna ask, and, and hopefully, parents, maybe you can help me out with enforcing this letting this happen but there's a lot of seats right here in the middle that's open can we have our our youth our kids our school age can we kind of fill these seats in is that all right 
That way, whenever I'm preaching, I don't have to kind of look around and see where everybody's at, but the folks I'm focusing on today will kind of be right here. Can we do that? Yeah, check that out. I don't bite. If I do, it won't be real hard. It'll be all right. Oh, this table turns. So this morning, this morning as as we get started, I uh, I'm gonna we're gonna play we're gonna play a little game first. All right, that's what you're supposed to do whenever you're preaching to youth and kids. You're supposed to play a little game first, and then we're gonna get into the Word of God, and we're gonna learn something today that we're gonna take with us, and we're gonna use it in our life and implement it. And uh, but we're gonna do something that's going to to work right into what God has spoken to me about uh, to preach to you all today. Um, I will tell you that I had in my mind some things that I wanted to preach, some, uh, some fanciful sermons that I wanted to wow Brother Blackburn with and for him to look back and go, man, he, man, we, I really taught him how to preach, didn't I? But, uh, but today, or, or a couple days ago, God began to deal with me about a topic that I believe that we need to, to instill within each and every one of us for us to understand in order for us to live the life that God has called us to live and to be the person, the head of the household, the mother, the child, the young person that God has called us to be in our life. So today what, what, what I want to do is I need... I need a, a volunteer, someone, um, let's see, I'm, I'm, I may just pick someone. How about you? What's your name, bud? Clinton. Clinton. Everybody give Clinton a hand. He's going to come up and help me today. Come on up here, Clinton. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. So what I need you to do is I want you to stand right here, okay? And uh, actually, I'm going to move... I'm going to move this to here. I want you to stand right up here. There you go. All right. Let's see how this works. Open this. Oh, you're still not going to be able to reach that. Okay. So we're going to figure this out here in just a second. Let me push this over. Reach your hand in here. Can you reach in, in this side? No, no, no. Like just kind of stand to the side here and just kind of reach in. Can you reach in there? Yeah, you can do that, can't you? Okay. All right. So I want you to close your eyes, okay? Uh, not that one yet. Keep your eyes closed. Y'all, watch him. Make sure you don't cheat. There you go. That's good. Let me see here. Let me see what we got here. We're going to do something real simple first, okay? Can you keep your eyes closed, Clinton? Don't be cheating. Everybody see what this is? Everybody knows what this is. Don't say it. Everybody knows what this is. I want to put this in the box here. And what we're going to do is we're going to have Clinton reach in there. <laughs> he's going to reach in there, and he's going to feel around, and he's going to touch that. And he's going to see if he can guess what that is. All right? This game is called What Is It? All right? Keep your eyes closed. I don't want you, I don't want you cheating. Keep your eyes closed the whole time. I just want you to just be careful, though, okay? I just want you to reach in there very carefully. Grab that. Can you tell what that is? That's an apple. Good job. Yes. I told you that was going to be an easy one, all right? That's going to be an easy one. 
Keep your eyes closed. Put your hands over your eyes. All right, can everybody tell what this is? All right, you know, why don't you hold up another one of those? There it is. All right, we're going to set this down in there. All right, Clinton, I want you to be a little more careful with this one, okay? All right, keep those eyes closed. I want you to reach in there very carefully. See if you can tell what that is. Get a real good feel of it. Like, just kind of, that is a banana! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Great job. All right, you're too good at this. Go sit down. <laughs> uh, all right, we, I need another, another volunteer. We've got a few more things we're going to try here today. Another volunteer. You want to try? All right, come on up here. Oh, there you go. We'll get you next. All right, close your eyes. All right, got our eyes closed. Let's see what else we got in our bag of goodies here. Did everybody see what this is? All right, you got your eyes closed? Don't be cheating now. Let's see what this is. All right, I'm going to set this in here. This one, seriously, just kind of be very, very careful. Don't startle it, okay? No, yeah, that, just keep your eyes closed. Don't startle it. Just, just very carefully just kind of reach in there. Well, just, mate, who knows? So just kind of reach in there just very carefully. I, I, not if you don't startle it. All right, just very carefully. It, it, it's, it, it won't bite you. It won't bite you, okay? I promise. All right, very carefully. Oh! <laughs> try, try, try it again. Just, just be careful with it. And the closer you get to it, the more you can kind of feel it. All right, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Reach on in there. Reach on. I'm right here. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm right here with you, all right? You're going to be okay. A glove? No, you can't feel it with the glove. All right, I'm going to move it just a little bit closer. All right, all right. I'll tell you this, it's not alive, okay? You reach in there. I'm telling the truth. Why would I lie? <laughs> telling the truth. Go ahead, go ahead, reach it. Reach in there and touch it. You can feel it. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Does that scare you? Yes, absolutely. Great job. You win it. There you go. <laughs> you get to keep it. That's yours. Everybody give her a hand. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. You're good. Yeah, that's it. Uh, let's see. One, one more. Yeah. Oh, right, right here. Why don't you come on up? Close your eyes. All right. Does everybody see what this is? All right. All right. Let's just go ahead and just kind of reach in there. There's a few things in there. Just reach in there. Just kind of feel around a little bit and see if you can tell, tell what that is. Like slime? No, it's not slime. Kind of, it's marshmallows. Great job. Great job. You can, you can have these marshmallows. Great job. Go have a seat there. 
All right. Uh, young man, you have to tell me your name again in the yellow. In the yellow. What is it? Edward? Edward, come on up, Edward. Come on up. Stand right up there. All right, Edward, here's what we're going to do. I want you to reach your hand in here. Can you, can you reach it? Can you reach in there? Be careful. Be careful. Reach in there and tell me, what, what do you think that is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what is it? What do you think it is? What's it feel like? Feels like a mess, don't it? <laughs> Do you want to taste it? No, no. Are you sure? You might know what it is if you taste it. No, you don't want to do it. Give me a guess. What do you think that is? Um, I don't know. You don't know? All right. Here, pull your hand out and look at your hand and see what you think that is. What do you think it is? Chocolate? Chocolate what? Chocolate pudding. Taste it. <laughs> he said no. All right. Let's have someone go, go help him wash his hand. <laughs> all right. My next. All right. This is the last one. This is the last one. Here's what I want. I want Brother Cesar. I want you to come up. I want you to help me with this last one. You think you can do that? You do that? You gotta close your eyes. No cheating. Found out some things about Brother Cesar yesterday, and I think that he may be able to figure this out pretty quickly. We're gonna find out. We're gonna see, we're gonna see if he can do this. Does everybody see what this is? Can y'all see what these are? Alright, I got a couple things here. A couple things there. It's not going to hurt you, all right? It's not going to hurt you. But I just want you to carefully just kind of reach your hand in there and see if you can tell what this is. You can, uh, yeah, you can probably reach from the, from, the, from the top side either way, whichever way you want to. There you go. What do you think that is? Give it a good squeeze. Oh. Is it What? It's a chicken leg! Yes! Now you gotta go wash your hand before you put your fingers in your mouth. <laughs> Why don't you taste it? Tell me if that's a chicken. <laughs> oh man. Everybody get, hey, do you wanna keep these? You can have these too. You wanna have these? <laughs> get them after service. <laughs> Give everybody a hand for helping us today. Man. We, uh, there's something, about, there's something about going into the unknown that is a little difficult at times, right? Something about going into a place, feeling around, feeling things that you're not familiar with that makes, uh, that makes you a little queasy, that makes you uh, maybe scared at times. The young lady here very, very cautious about the tentacles that she was feeling, not sure what it was that was in there. 
And uh, today, I, I want to preach to you for a little bit on, on this topic. What is this? What is this? It's the thing that was going through their mind whenever they're reaching in and they're beginning to, to touch around inside that box and not knowing what it is that they are feeling. They're asking these questions, what is this? I want to direct us very quickly to Acts chapter 2. We're going to be reading verse 17 and then skipping down to verse 21. Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 21. I'm reading from the ESV, and I think it's going to be up on the screen there. It says, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Everyone say all flesh. Now say, that's me. Are you made of flesh? Why don't you pinch yourself real quick? All right, that's flesh. Upon all flesh, I will pour out my spirit, God declares, upon all flesh. Acts chapter 2, verse 21 says, And it shall come to pass that everyone, again, say, that's me that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, again, I want to preach to you for just a little bit on this topic. What is this? What is this? This is a question that I want to help answer for some of us today. And I, I know... Um, I've been given the assignment that I'm, I'm preaching. I'm supposed to be teaching to uh, youth and to children. But this is something that I believe that across the board we can all take with us today to understand what this is that we are here today doing, what it is that we are feeling today, what it is that we are experiencing today. Many times whenever people start coming to church, they have this question, what is this? What is this that I'm doing? I want you to look around you today and take a look at this place that we are at. What is this room that we are in? We call it the sanctuary, right? This sacred place. What, what is this? This place that we're at, it's got a sign on the front of it. Whenever, uh, just recently, I went through and took a few more classes at, at Urshan College and, uh, and, and I, I finished up a, a second degree program and during that process, I took a class, and I had to go to my church that I am assistant pastor at, and I had to sit down and erase my brain of everything that, that I know about church and what church is and, and, and all of the things that I was raised up in. And I had to look at our church building from the front whenever I walked in all the way through service and imagine if, I'm, if I was a Martian, if I'm not even from this earth and I walk into church, what does this look like? What, what is this place? What are these things that we're doing? What is this? This, uh, this ceremony or service, if you will, that we are having today, what is this? What is this thing that we are doing here where we've got drums that are supposed to be so loud, but y'all have got them muted down to nothing? Just kidding. <laughs> and this piano and these singers, this, this, this desk here that I'm preaching for, what is this stuff, these speakers and and why are our lights? What, what is this? What is this that we're doing? These songs that we're singing, the, the God that we're talking about, what is this? These feelings that we feel. I, I don't, 
I believe, and, and from sitting on the drums over there, I felt it this morning as we're singing about the goodness of God. All my life, you have been faithful. That in these moments, I begin to feel the presence of God come over me. I begin to feel sometimes a chill run down my back. I begin to feel something that I don't feel anywhere else in the world. I begin to feel something that I don't feel at home and that I don't feel at school and that I don't feel especially whenever I'm in trouble with my parents. I don't feel these things anywhere else. But whenever I come to church, I feel something different. What is this? What is this that I'm feeling? Whenever I'm in the presence of God and I begin to cry, but I'm not sad. What is this? Why do I feel this way? The chills that we get that run down our back. What is this? Especially sometimes whenever you come to a Pentecostal church. There are some things that happen in a Pentecostal church, Brother Blackburn, that don't happen in any other church. All right? Every once in a while, and Brother, now I'm going to tell you, Pastor said that he was going to do it today, and he didn't. He said, I might just take a lap. That's, that's Pentecostal. All right? Take a lap around the building. People get up and they raise their hands. They shout. They get overwhelmed with the emotion and they begin to lift up their voice. Hallelujah! It happens in a Pentecostal church. What is this? What is this place? Whenever people come, and if you've ever invited a friend to church, have you ever been in one of those church service. I know I've been in those church services before where I've got a friend coming that doesn't know anything about Pentecost and I'm like, man, hopefully tonight will just be like one of those dead nights. You know? <laughs> but then all of a sudden somebody begins to take a lap and crazy things begin to happen and I'm wondering, what are, what's, what's got to be going through their mind? They have to be thinking, what is this? What is happening here tonight? What have I stepped into? There have been moments where I've been in church, and I was raised in church. My, my dad was a pastor. I was raised sleeping under Pentecostal pews just weeks or maybe a week after I was born. I was in a Pentecostal church, and, and this was before the time of our babies need headphones and all these things. Man, we just, pow, pow, drums going. That's probably why I've got brain damage, and I think the way I do and do the things that I do. But I want to tell you, I was raised in a Pentecostal church. But there have been moments... Where we have an amazing service and the presence of God comes in so thick and so heavy that I get overwhelmed with myself. And I can remember times sitting down on the front of this halter and just, and just leaning over and doubling over and thinking to myself, what is this that I'm feeling right now? I remember the day that I was called into the ministry. The day that God began to speak to me and begin to move on me to do things. And it's a feeling that I had never had before. And I remember just kind of doubling over and thinking, what is this that I'm feeling? What is this new feeling here? I remember the day that I was baptized in the name of Jesus. I remember the day that I was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and I began to speak in a language that I had never learned before and I wondered to myself, what is this that I feel right now? This thing that no one else has ever been able to give me. What is this thing? What is this? Even, even if you were raised in church, Brother Anthony, I want you to listen to me. There's got to be a moment in your life whenever you look at this and say, what is this to me? Not what is this to dad. Not what is this to my aunts and my uncles and my family. 
Not what is this to the person that I go to Bible college with. Every young person here today, you've got to look at this thing that we're doing here today and not examine it and look at it and say, what is this to the friend that I go to school with? You can't say, what is this to the, per- the people that I live with, whether it's your parents or someone else. But you've got to decide, what is this thing that we're doing today to me? What is this to me? You may have been sitting here today all of this going on and you may have felt something here today already and you're trying to figure out what what is this that I'm feeling what is this that that's going through my mind right now what is this that that's got me feeling different than I do anywhere else what is this experience that I'm having right now today I want to help clarify what this is to someone I want to help clarify what this means to you what the importance of this is to you in your life. It's important that you understand what this is. You see, church can be a confusing place. Your relationship with God is supposed to be something that helps you, that strengthens you, that gives you clarification, that gives you hope, that gives you strength. But sometimes coming to church can be confusing. We feel these things. We see these things. We're trying to wrap our head around all of this that's going on. What is this stuff? But I'm here to tell you today, I want you to understand right up front that church was designed for us, to help us. We are told in the Bible that we are supposed to meet together. Hebrews 10 and 24 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together. That we need to meet together. As is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as we see the day drawing near. That we need to meet together. That we need a body of believers. A a group of people that can come together and can worship together. And can explain to one another what it is that we feel in this place. We're supposed to sing praises. What we did today, playing instruments and singing songs and singing praises to God, that's all biblical. That's part of church. Ephesians 5 and 19 says, Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. We're supposed to sing. We're supposed to dance. We're supposed to do the things that we call church. And more than anything... More than all of it, we've got to have preaching. There's got to be preaching in our churches. If we don't have preaching in our churches, it's just another club. It's just another uh, a night stop for you to go to and, and have cool lights and music and, and you dance and you have a good time with the people around you. But what sets us apart from that is we have preaching at church. 1 Corinthians 1 and 21 says, God chose preaching. God chose preaching to be the avenue where people would be saved. Romans 10 and 14 tells us that how will people believe if they do not hear? And how will they hear without a preacher? We have to have preaching. Our church is important to us. What we are doing here 
is so important to us. If you want to be saved, you need the church. If you want to be saved, you need the church. Now, there are people that get saved in their home, in their closets, and out in the middle of the jungle in Africa somewhere, people that get saved. But I'm going to tell you that the best place for you to get saved, the best place for you to find Jesus is to find a church, to find a body of believers, and to come together with them, and to lift your hands whenever songs are going on, and to sing, and to praise God, and to come into a place where the Spirit of God is thick in here. And I'm telling you, He will meet you in that place place and you can be saved in the church if you want to stay saved you know where you need to be in the church there's a lot of people that come to church and they get saved and they think now this is a personal relationship I don't need the church I don't need the body I don't need other people to tell me what to do or how to do it this is a personal relationship with me and God I'm going to do this from home And you find those people drifting further and further and further away from God. Because if we want to stay saved, the best place to do that is in the church. It's in the church. Now, you don't have to believe that and you don't have to agree with me. But I'm telling you, the best place for you to stay saved is in the church. The church is necessary. And the church is important. Today, you've gotten up. You've gotten dressed. And you have come to church. You have walked into this building that we've been talking about. This place with lights and music and singing and worship and preaching. A place where we feel things that we don't understand. A place where maybe we leave and we don't go find our friends that didn't come to church and and tell them about it. Because we don't know how to put the words together of what we just felt. We're kind of like these ones that are up here filling in the box. And they're filling around they're like... I know this is something, but I I can't quite put my finger on what it is. I can't quite decide what this thing is. It feels weird. It's maybe a little scary. But there's something here, and I can feel it. It's what it's like at church sometimes. Today, you haven't just come to any church, though. Today, you have walked into a Pentecostal church. You have come into a Pentecostal church. But Brother Red, what is this? What is a Pentecostal church? Now here's where, this is where God was really touching on me to to begin to minister to especially our young people, but to everyone in this room here today. What is Pentecost? What is a Pentecostal church? Why? A Pentecostal church. Well, here's the thing. God, from the beginning of time, had a plan for all people, for everyone. It worked through the Old Testament, and we could spend a long time here today going through all of the things that God did in the Old Testament, working up to the New. But in the New Testament, we find where there is a baby that is born of the Virgin Mary, and his name, what's his name? His name is Jesus. Jesus comes and he begins to teach and he begins to preach and he begins to show and illuminate to those that are following him of the truths that he has to share with them. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. 
that there's a group of people that are wandering around this earth that are not quite sure what they're supposed to be doing, that feel things and they can't explain it. And he said, I'm, I'm looking for the lost and I have, came, have come to seek and to save them. Jesus tells his disciples, we know that, that Jesus is, is killed on a cross. He's crucified. That he dies and he goes into a borrowed tomb. And in three days he raises again from the dead. He has a glorified body and he goes around and, and he's, he's talking to his disciples. And before he ascends back into heaven to prepare this place for us to go and to meet him one day. Before he ascends back into heaven, this is what he tells his disciples. He says, I want you to go and I want you to go to this upper room and I want you to wait for me. And I'm going to send a comforter. I'm going to send my spirit. How many of you have ever heard of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit. Maybe you heard it as the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm going to send my spirit. And I'm going to send it back down. And you're going to receive it. And you're going to know that you have received it. There's going to be something that's going to happen. You're going to know that you have received my spirit. And whenever you do, you're going to receive power with it. There's going to be something undeniable about this spirit that you're going to receive. So if we flip over to Acts chapter 2, we find where the spirit of God is poured out on this group who are waiting for Him. And then when they receive the Spirit, the Bible says that something miraculous happens and that they begin to speak with new tongues. That they begin to speak a language that they did not learn on their own. That they begin to do this miraculous thing and that God takes control of this filthy tongue of ours and begins to speak in this beautiful language that we did not learn on our own. That was given to us by the Spirit. And whenever this happens, there's people that were all around. The Bible says that, that the revival spilled out onto the streets and the people are, are hearing them speaking these languages. And what did they ask? They said, what is this? What is this? We don't understand what's going on. What is this thing that's going on? What is happening? And and, and, and Peter turns to them and he says, this is the promise of God. This is what God has promised our people. That in the last days that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. We read that at the beginning, right? I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And they asked Peter. They looked at him and they said, well, if we want to receive this thing, what must we do? What do we have to do if we want to receive this spirit that you're telling us about? That This thing that God has prepared for all flesh. Again, say, that's me. That's me. God has prepared this for me. What do I have to do? And we go to Acts 2.38 where Peter looks at them and he says, If you want to receive this, if you want to be saved, if you want to receive the spirit of God into your life you must just do these three little things these couple things here he says you must repent of your sins we're going to turn away from our sins i'm going to repent you must be baptized in the name of jesus and you will receive the gift of the holy ghost that's all you have to do you believe in who god is you repent of your sins and you are baptized in jesus name he says you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that as they repent, 
as they're baptized that God moves into that place and that His Spirit fills each of them that are seeking after Him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The awesome thing is, and I want you all to understand this, the great thing is, is that this wasn't something just for the people that were in the upper room because Peter went on to say that this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. But the Bible never tells us that he's ever stopped calling anyone, which means that the Holy Ghost is for you. The Holy Ghost is for you. The Holy Ghost is for you. And he wants to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost today. That they left that upper room with this gift that they could have said is just mine. And they walked out into the street and they began to proclaim the promise of God that it had been poured out. And as they followed this plan, they received the Spirit of God. And they began to experience miracles and signs and wonders. And they began to lay hands on the sick. And the sick began to recover. And they began to see other signs. And they began to do other things. And they continued to baptize. And people continued to receive the gift of the Holy Holy Ghost because it was a gift and a promise for everyone. There was an understanding that they had that this promise was not just for them, but it was something that everyone should receive. I'm going to tell you right now, young person, everyone under the sound of my voice, that, that right now we are ramping up to go back to school. We just spent some time down in Branson with some friends at a conference. And they were leaving that day that we were leaving to come here yesterday. They were leaving to go to the Tanger Outlet Mall and start buying school clothes. You walk into Walmart. I hear that you guys have like the greatest super target in the world. So maybe that's where you guys go to. You walk in there, you see aisles and aisles of school supplies. People getting ready to go back to school. But I'm going to tell you today that the greatest thing that you can take with you to school is the Holy Ghost, is the Spirit of God. Come on, you don't have to have new shoes. You don't have to have new pants or new shirts. You don't have to have the coolest new backpack. If you've got the Holy Ghost with you whenever you walk, walk into school, you've got absolutely everything that you need. You can make it. There's nothing that can come against you. If you walk into school and you've got the Holy Spirit, if you've got the Spirit of God working within you, you may not be able to color like everyone else. You may not have the greatest, coolest thing that everyone else has, but I'm going to tell you something. You You've got something that's going to help you make it through whatever your situation is. That whenever something comes against you, that you can lift your hands and you can pray. And God's going to look down and he's going to say, you know what? There's one of my children right there. That child has my spirit within him. That child has my spirit within her. I'm going to come to your need and I'm going to help you in your time of need. The spirit of God is the greatest thing that we can take with us back to school. You know what's awesome? That we can have it. It's not something that we have to look around and say, do I have enough money for this? It's not about your money. Am I of the right status for this? It's not about your status. Is my last name right for this? Do I live in the right neighborhood? No, 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 no. This promise is for 
everyone. This promise is for everyone. Everyone can receive the spirit that God has for us. So what is it about the Pentecostal church that's different from everywhere else and from everything else? Here's what it is. We believe that today, today, that you can still receive the Spirit of God as they did on the day of Pentecost, written in the Bible. I told Pastor yesterday that I don't believe that Pentecostalism, that Pentecost, that the Apostolic Church is another denomination, like Baptist or Lutheran or Methodist or any of those things. We're not a denomination. We are continuation of the church that Jesus Christ himself established in the New Testament and in the book of Acts. We've never stopped preaching the same message that the apostles preached. We've never stopped preaching the same thing that the apostles and the missionaries of the first church preached. This is our heritage. We are still an Acts 2 church. We are the Pentecostal church because we are a continuation of the church that God established in the book of Acts. That's who we are as Pentecostals. We believe that what was experienced in the book of Acts can still be experienced today. I don't, Pastor, I don't understand churches that can flip through the Bible and look at the book of Acts and see the miraculous thing that took place, this life-changing event, and just skip past it and say, my people don't need to hear this. I want every person to understand that whenever you receive the Holy Ghost, that there is a power that is going to come with it. That there is something that's going to come with it that's going to help you overcome the sin that is in this world. There's a power that's going to come with it that's going to help you look different from the rest of this world. That's going to help you act different from the rest of this world. That's going to make you uh, talk different and, and it's going to help you to, 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 to do things different than the rest of this world does. I'm going to tell you, you may not take this thing with you and go and be the most popular kid in school, but you're going to walk into school with the power and an authority over sin that you can live a life that God has called you to live. There are many churches today all over this city that are preaching that all you have to do is have faith. That all you have to do is believe that if you just believe in your heart that you are saved. Just pray this prayer and you'll be saved. Has anybody ever heard that before? We're we're being honest right now, okay? All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is have faith. I want to tell you that part of that is true. That you must have faith. And you must believe. But I believe that this, this teaching and this preaching, that it falls just a little short of everything that God has for us. You see, the Pentecostals, we believe that there's so much more that God has for us than just basic faith and basic believing. But that there's something more that God has that He wants to turn our life from sin that He wants us to wash those sins away in baptism. That He wants to fill us with His Spirit and give us a power to be able to turn away from the sins that we have been living. The Bible tells us that we have all sinned. And we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. 
But God has given us a way to take His Spirit and to live with it and to overcome sin in our life. Anthony, why don't you come help me today? I'm, I'm going to come to a close and there's going to be a moment where we're going to make a decision in our life. We believe that there's so much more. That our, our faith, our faith will lead us to action. That if we truly have faith, that yes, you will be saved. Not just because you make a statement. Not just because you know that you have faith. But it's going to be because your faith leads you to do something. It leads you to do something. Faith without works is dead. This works word is a, is a, a, a bad word in some churches. So we're going to do this. Faith without action is dead. If you truly believe in something, you will do whatever you have to do to receive that thing, to have that thing. If we, how many of you believe that God can heal someone? You believe in the, in the miracle working power of God? So whenever someone is sick and has cancer, maybe their name's up on that board, and we're, we're speaking it out, pastor doesn't just receive the call, pastor, I've got cancer. They've given me a month to live. I don't know what I'm going to do. And he says, well, just have faith and hangs up the phone. But he says, you know what? We have faith to believe God can heal you. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray. We're going to fast. Because my faith leads me to an action. I believe God can heal you. So I'm going to do what the Word says, and I'm going to claim it in the name of Jesus that you will be healed. Our faith leads us to action. In the same way, if we believe that God will forgive us our sins, what do we do? We repent of our sins. Because our faith is going to lead us to action. I believe, God, that you can wipe away every sin that I've ever committed. Lord, that your blood can cover it. And Lord, I ask that you forgive me right now in the name of Jesus. That's what we pray. Because we believe as we pray that, that God will forgive us our sins. If we believe that as we are baptized in the name of Jesus and we go under that water, that, that God is going to wash away all of our sins. That we're going to come. If you guys don't know what this is, this is a baptismal tank here. We can fold this top off of here. Ooh, that water feels good. That's nice, nice water. It's not cold. It's not going to put you into shock. There's water in that tank right now. And that as we go down into that water and we come up, that all of our past sins are washed away. They're all gone. They've all been put under the blood of Jesus. And we come out, you know what? Brand new. We come out in a, in a brand new body, a brand new life that we can live in. And nothing that we've ever done before matters at that point. We are brand new in Christ. Starting over fresh. If we believe that, then we get baptized. 
Why would we say, I believe God can, can, can forgive my sins. I believe God can wash away my sins. But we don't do what it takes for Him to do the work. If we believe it, we'll do it. I want you to stand with me right now all across this place. Again, the Bible says that as we repent and as we're baptized, that He will fill us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to give you one more real quick story to help you understand this. This this fact of of what this is, where we're at, of what's going on here today, of what faith is and our action that's coupled up with it. The Bible says that as Jesus is on this earth and He's walking and He's preaching and He's teaching and He's doing miracles, that there's this lady who the Bible says has an issue of blood. That she dealt with this for, I believe it was 12 years. Many years she dealt with this. And there's a day that she realizes that Jesus is coming by. She has heard the miracles that he's done. She has heard the things that he is able to do in other people's lives. And she says, I need to go to Jesus and he can help me. He can fix my problem. He can can heal my body. He can make things right when no one else can. The Bible says that as he's going through town, that the crowd is so thick that, that you can't even get to him. That there's people everywhere. And she makes up in her mind, I will do whatever I have to do to get to Jesus. And she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that he can heal me and he can make me whole. So you know what she does? She begins to fight through the crowd. She begins to push. She's probably getting stepped on and kneed and elbowed. What are you doing? Get out of here. Stop pushing. There's enough of Jesus to go around. I can only imagine what all they're saying. But she said, whatever it takes, I'm going to get to him. And I'm going to do what it takes to get to Jesus, to touch his garment. The Bible says that she finally pushes through and she gets to where he is. And she touches the hem of his garment. And that healing virtue flows out of his body. And immediately she is healed. Jesus. Jesus looks around and he says, Someone has touched me. And the disciples are saying, come on, man. There's, everyone's touched you today. We're, we're all bumping into each other. And he says, no, 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 no. There's something different about this one. This one touched me with purpose. I felt healing virtue flow out of my body. This one touched me for a reason. And she makes herself known. And Jesus looks down. And these are the words that he says. He says, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. How did Jesus know that she had faith? The Bible doesn't say that she ever looked at him and said, Lord, I have great faith. Will you please make me whole? No, no, no. There wasn't a statement that she made. It wasn't because she stayed sitting at home on the couch just believing in her faith. But it's because she got up and she took some steps towards where Jesus was. 
and she did what she had to do and you know what Jesus met her in that place and God healed her right then in a miraculous way God did the work her faith coupled with her action brought her to a place where she received what she needed today I want each and every one of you to leave this place equipped with everything you need to make it in life to make it at school to make it at work to make it with your friends whenever you're hanging out in the afternoon and the only way that you're going to do that is to have the spirit of God working within you I want you to understand I understand I'm I I feel like I'm starting to preach through my altar call here but I, I want you to understand we were not designed to make it on this earth on our own From the very beginning of time, God created Adam. And Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. There was a relationship that they had. And whenever Adam sinned, it severed that relationship. And he was pushed out of the garden where he had a a relationship with God. But God made a way for us to have relationship with Him again. And it's through this process that we talked about today. He sent his son who died on a cross, who shed his blood. Come on. He he, he died for us. His blood washes away those sins. And he said, I'm going to send his spirit so that whenever I am with you, whenever you're filled with this spirit, that I am literally back with you again like I was with Adam. And you can do anything, not on your own, but with my power and my might, with what I have, with my authority, with my power, with my name, you can do anything that you need to do. He made a way for us. What we're asking today is that your faith be activated. That if you want to take this spirit with you, that if you want to walk out of here today with the Holy Ghost, that you can today. Come on, you're in a Pentecostal church. What is this? This is a place where we believe that you can come up. You can repent of your sins. You can be baptized in the name of Jesus. You you can begin to lift up the name of Jesus. And His Spirit and fire is going to fill you. And you're going to begin to speak in a new tongue that you've never learned before. And you're going to walk out of here with the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit of God is going to help you continue to make it. I want you to come around this front right now. Come on, let's walk around this front right now. We're going to come up here. We're going to lift our hands. And we're going to believe that God's going to do the miraculous here today. Come on, if you want this spirit, if you're interested at all in receiving the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost that we have talked about here today. Come on, if you need a renewing of the Holy Ghost in your spirit today, in your life today, my God is able to do it. There's no reason in walking out of here without everything that God wants you to receive. I've already told you the water is ready. You can be baptized in the name of Jesus. But it takes a step of faith. It takes a step of faith to come forward and to believe. That's what we're going to do. We're going to all across this place... We're going to lift our hands, and we're going to pray, and we're going to ask God to forgive us of all of our sins. Come on, this is something that God wants you to do. This is something that God wants for you. Can we do that all across this place? Let's lift our hands right now, and let's pray together. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, God.
Lord, I'm sorry for every sin that I've ever committed. Lord, I'm doing this thing called repentance, Lord, where I'm telling you, Lord, that I am sorry, God. I know that I've lived sin. I know that I have been in a life of sin, Lord, and I'm sorry that I've done this. Lord, but right now I'm turning to you, Lord, and I'm turning back to you. God, and right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask that you forgive me, Lord, that you wash away, that you wipe away all of those sins, Lord, that your blood cover them right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, that I would turn to you and I would begin to live my life, God, according to your word and the way that you would have me to live right now in the name of Jesus.